Hi everyone and welcome to the first Mantis podcast of 2023. Tech to Transform is our podcast series featuring the leaders driving digital change forward in the public sector. In this episode, we talk to education journalist Charlie Rogers about trends and challenges facing schools over the coming months. We discuss the types of edtech stories that cut through the noise, show impact and highlight how technology can help support overstretched teachers. We also take a look at what's in store at this year's largest edtech trade show, BET. Take a listen. Oh, Charlie, well, thank you for joining me today. This is our first Tech to Transform podcast of 2023. Woohoo! <laughs> it's, it's all about education and edtech trends for the year. Um, we used to work together in a previous life, didn't we? So I'm just going to, before we get into all things edtech and education, I just want us to have a little recap of that. So it's lovely to chat to you again. Yeah, lovely to see you too. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. But Things have moved on. They have. They have fond memories though. Yeah, yeah. So in our, our previous life, we were on education titles together. Um, and then before I moved over to the dark side of PI, that was. <laughs> and then you've you've stayed in, in publishing. Um, but you have moved around a little bit, haven't you? So you were at Education Technology Magazine as the editor, first of all. That's right. Yeah. So I I, uh, I got my journalistic legs, um, if you will, uh, education technology, uh, which was a great experience. Um, and then I actually spent a year and a half at an edtech charity, JISC. Um, so one of the biggest edtech charities in the UK, um, supplier of things like Edurome, um to the HE sector. They also work in FE. Um, so that was a fantastic insight as well into the other side of uh, edtech in education um, as it is now. Yeah. And, and do you want to talk about your current role at the moment? Yes. Yeah, so now I'm editor of Teach Primary, um, which is uh, a, does what it says on the tin. Um, it's a, a magazine, a monthly magazine for primary educators. Uh, we tend to focus on um, creating articles that are as helpful as possible to teachers, um, generally in the um, state school sector. Um, so we like to uh, publish things like how-to articles, insights into current research and how that impacts classroom practice. And we also create a lot of um, expert free resources. So lovely teachers out there who unfortunately don't have access to a lot of budget um, can still access high quality and bespoke teaching resources. Brilliant. Is it fair to say as well, I think I think I know this because as I say, we've got a bit of a history, but is it fair to say that you didn't intend to start out kind of writing about or working in education or being an education journalist, but it's, it's clearly something that you've got a bit of a passion for now, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I kind of fell into it. Um, it was a, a really lucky, happy accident. Um, I actually wanted to be an academic. So um, I've always had one foot in the education world. But um, yeah, not. I didn't start out where I am now. Um, but yes, it's been fantastic. And I've always uh, had a, an interest in, in science. Um, so that really expanded to tech when I took over education technology, understanding the, the pure impact that technology can have now um, in such an important sector as education um, was really eye opening. So I've, I've really enjoyed my journey of learning more and more about how that works. Yeah, it's really I love to, to obviously cover different stories and things like that. And I think with your kind of varied um, 
topics that you cover now in your current role. It'd be really nice to find out about how you work, I suppose, day to day and the stories you cover and, and how you how you love to tell those stories. So how does it all work? How do you begin to put um, content together? Yeah, of course. I mean, as we all know, education is such an essential part of the way that our society functions. Um, so whether you are in the sector or not, it's something that a lot of people have an interest in and that ties into a lot of other sectors. Um, so, of course, we've covered the way that it, it ties into the tech sector. But um, when I look for stories, um, I look for it sounds cheesy, but true impact. So something um, that is a huge topic in education right now is social welfare. Um, and obviously the fact that schools are under great pressure when it comes to budgets um, and increasing pressure to provide services that are outside their remit, um, but that they're expected to follow. So things like um, mental health care um, and support for children who um, are possibly below the poverty line, maybe don't don't get to uh, eat at home or eat as well as they would like their, their carers would like them to at home this all falls on schools um and it's it's really stressful and it's really difficult for the educators out there that are doing their best every day um so things like that um are really important i think um but you know we like to cover the lighter side of education as well teachers educators everywhere are fantastic people um, and they manage to do so much with what they've got. So just finding that human connection in stories, I think, is essential when you're for me when I'm covering when I'm covering anything. Yeah, that's really important. I remember Twitter is in. Sorry, Charlie, go on. No, I was going to say Twitter is uh, for us is a, a great resource. The amount of things that teachers are willing to share with each other. Um, and the, the community and support that happens on platforms like Twitter is, is amazing. So that's a great insight into, into the world itself and, and a place that I find a lot of my freelance writers. That's brilliant. That human connection, that true impact, that's great to hear you say it. It reminds me of when I was looking for sort of stories like that as well, because especially with something like technology, you know, looking at technical solutions and software, hardware, you know, there's so many terms that you cover, but it all has to come back to how it's going to improve, enhance teaching and learning, people directly, children directly, isn't it? So it's, it's, is that the case with, with the EdTech news as well, you know, looking for that same impact, that connection? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the people have been talking about the singularity for decades and decades. It still hasn't come to pass. Um, and I think anyone who works in um, innovative technologies like AI, um, a lot of them say the same thing is that it's not there to replace humans, you know, it's there to enhance what we have um, and to take away all the back office stuff that we don't need to spend time doing. We can offset um, with the technology we've got at hand, whether that's AI or even something simple that we've been using for, for decades, like Excel or interactive whiteboards, anything like that. It all comes down to releasing the burden of mundane day-to-day -day things um, and giving you the space to really tap into that humanity um, and do what humans do best, empathize, be creative, be innovative, um, and connect with one another, which of course is exactly what teachers are best at. Um, so being able to take away that admin side um, and give them the tools they need to really let them work their magic is is fantastic. And, and we're talking about kind of news gathering then and how you get your story, stories. How um, how is the PR person involved in that 
is there kind of a is there sort of a set way that you like to work with with PR agencies or P, the PR person in a specific company if they're coming to you with a product or a service or something like that? Yeah, I mean, obviously PRs are a, a huge part of the system, um, and and we do we do have um, amazing con- um, contacts with with PRs across different sectors, whether that be tech or pub- uh, uh, children's publishing, things like that. So. Uh, it's really essential um, for us to be able to connect with PR people. Um, for me, the, the biggest thing comes down to the pitch. Um, so I know everyone in PR is so busy and run off their feet, but a little bit of a personalized pitch is great. Um, an insight into what the publication does and the kind of things we cover um, is fantastic. So for example, at Teach Primary, we don't tend to cover straight news stories. Um, it's more tapping into the educator base um, our teachers are, are, sorry, our writers are teachers. Um, so it's it's by the people for the people. Um, so an insight into into how we work and the fact that, you know, we want to connect with with people on the ground or even um, ed, a lot of ed tech entrepreneurs have a background in teaching maybe or a background in education. Um, so that kind of insight is really important. But yeah, you know, understanding who you're pitching to um, and and the key message um, of the audience uh, for the audience of the publication is great. And I've made some brilliant connections um, with PR people over the years. Um, some who I met when I started working at Education Technology, and I still work with to this day. Um, so so yeah, a good pitch will get you far. Yeah, brilliant. We were talking a little bit earlier just before I hit record about the bet show. Yeah, um, <laughs> <infamous> bet show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've attended it many, many times over the years, haven't we? And had had some experiences there. <laughs> a unique um, experience is bet. <laughs> a unique experience, yeah, a great way to say it. <laughs> um, it's the biggest EdTech trade show there is. Um, and it's coming up this year. It's a later date this year. I think it's towards the end of March, isn't it? So That's still right. a bit of time for people to prepare and and to look into kind of what they want to get out of it there. So I suppose my first question on Bet would be how much of, of what the, the show each year looks to cover? How does that kind of sort of drive your your content agenda, I suppose? Do you look to align with what you're producing around the event? Or I suppose you must use the event as quite a big resource to kind of generate content as well. Yeah, of course. I think the great thing about Bet as well is that it's a very... Um, interactive process uh, for them so uh, it's not just bet sort of uh, putting on this this huge event and saying this is how edtech works they really really tap into the sector um, and it's it's very responsive um, so educators feed into the show and feed out from the show so i think it's it's very synchronous the way that bet works with education um, so yes we do definitely look to it um, to understand the edtech landscape uh, because of that very reason, because it is driven largely by educators um, uh, as well as as uh, tech experts. Um, so, yeah, it's a really important resource. We've actually in our last issue just published our bet preview. Um, so if readers are looking to go to bet and want to know, um, you know, what to what to look out for, we have some some rundown there. Um, for example, we have Mark Martin, MBE, talking about um, his experience in edtech um, and the importance of digital skills in opening up our young people to be both global and local citizens. Um, 
And we also have some information there about um, the importance of digital strategy, which I think before the pandemic was possibly lower down on some primary schools agenda um, because A, they have limited budget um, and B, historically primary has been less engaged with things like remote learning. Um, you know, they've had interactive boards and such possibly um, in different schools, but um, I think EdTech has had historically a larger place in HE and FE um, and even secondary. But now, post-pandemic, primary schools are really stepping up their game. Um, they're really tapping into technology to enhance their teaching and learning. And I think that's a really interesting step to be able to introduce students to the digital world at such an early age. Um, I mean, we've all seen, you know, the toddler that gets their hands on a, you know, a parent's or a carer's smartphone and manages to do things with it that we had no idea it could do. Um, I've had that experience. <laughs> I think a lot of us have. So yeah, being able to tap into that innate creativity and um, uh, thought process that thought processes that young people have and, and give them technology to work with is really interesting. So I think that's something that um, I will look to bet to um, to follow that story. I'm going to park bet there for a second because you just said something incredibly interesting <laughs> when you said about post-pandemic primary schools are really upping their game when it comes to ed tech. Could you give me a couple of examples that you've seen recently? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when it when it came to teaching and learning through lockdown, um, primary schools were amazing. They, they pivoted so quickly to be able to provide that care and that education to children um, while they were stuck at home. And, and it's not just about what they the children were learning, but that sense of um, safety and <clears throat> that sense of routine that is we know is so important to young people, um, especially if they're five or six. You know, being able to uh, see their peers, even if it's on a screen, so important to their development. So I think primary schools played such an important role in that time. Um, and they were able to do that because of technology. And I think that process has really um, helped them see and given, the, given them the opportunity to really see how they can use ed tech in their space. Um, I recently visited a school in Suffolk who launched an incredible curriculum um, that is really um, academically rigorous but takes away a lot of the work for teachers and allows them to again work that magic in the classroom without having to do a lot of strategic planning um, and I spoke to the teachers there and one thing that every teacher said to me was that however difficult lockdown was for them um, and obviously the horrendous impact on on the world in general if if they looked just at that curriculum development it was actually a great time for them to be able to play with the tools they were finding and using um, apps, you know, maybe that was apps for recording children's work or assessment tools or even just, you know, things where you can upload your content and children can see it on a tablet or a screen somewhere. Um, the pandemic really gave them that opportunity to play with technology and they've come out the other side so much stronger than they were before. Um, and I think really, really invested in that digital strategy and in that pedagogical strategy. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't mean you need to turn your school into something that looks like a sci-fi film. 
Um, you know, it's not always necessary. Uh, but even if you you find that one tool that really makes your life easier and gives you that space to to really uh, express that humanistic side of teaching in the classroom, um, I think it's definitely worth it. Um, and of course, to make things like that work, a digital strategy is a must. Yeah. That's so amazing to hear that. I know we've got um, we're planning on talking about like top trends and things for the future at, yeah. towards the end of our chat. So we'll, we can go back to that. But it's just so lovely to hear because obviously we were going to talk about the pandemic. But um, we hear so many you know negative stories come out the back of it, particularly um, when it comes to education and how it was so disruptive. But to see and hear, you know, firsthand that there's been so many positives for primary schools come out of it or, you know, changed a lot of attitudes and ways of thinking towards tech. It's like amazing to hear that, really. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, I think that the, the world in general has really realised how lucky we are to have the technology tools we have. I mean, if we were in this pandemic situation 100 years ago, it would have been um, a lot more difficult to keep in contact, for example, with family members. Um, and, and continue things like our work and our education. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's really opened everyone's eyes to to the true value of technology. I mean, no sector is perfect, no tool is perfect. Um, everything comes with its cons, but um, yeah, we're we're very aware of the pros now. I'd say. Yeah, that's brilliant. Do you think it, it shows like Bet then this year? It's going to be making sure or telling those stories that how progression has happened in the last couple of years or. Um, also perhaps saying making sure we keep up the momentum of that do you think that's going to feature absolutely um I, I think a lot of institutions um throughout education whether they're you know primary secondary or, or higher um are looking to see what they should keep and what they should get rid of when it comes to uh the tech they used through the pandemic um you know we as i say they they jump to action so quickly um, I think uh, some schools, not all, but some schools may have sort of scrabbled and, and grabbed the tech tools they, they knew of and they had a hand and got on with the job, which is exactly what they needed to do. Um, but now with a little bit of space um, and things slowly, uh, slowly, slowly, I think getting back to quote normal, um, they've got the time now to reflect. And I think I expect to see that at bet this year, um, that big reflection process, looking back on what we've learned. Uh, it's been a big, big learning curve, I'd say, over the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, really reflecting on that and understanding the stories that have come out of it. Um, and, and again, that connection to humanity and how tech can really uh, buoy uh, what we the instinctive abilities we have as humans. Um, so I'm a big fan of a trade show. Um, trade shows are sort of back on track. It's one of my more unusual traits, I would say, but I am a fan of them <laughs> <laughs> because I see the benefits of networking and face to face and all that sort of thing. Obviously, teachers and education providers have great resources like yours to to go to to find the latest information and, and help and things like that. But trade shows also and exhibitions also act in that way, don't they? They offer so much. Um, do you think going forward now that, you know, it's safe to say in 2023, I think um, people are, are happy to do that mix of kind of hybrid, but they're also encouraged to do face to face as much as possible. <laughs> so things like Bet this year, do you think that it will, will really help to encourage teachers, suppliers to kind of come forward and, and make those connections even more? Do you think that's as, as important today, if not more important to, to move those conversations forward? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the word you use there, Rebecca, is absolutely perfect. It's all about connections. Um, and I think 
being able to to like you say meet someone face to face uh and and have that that connection with them that just have a conversation uh, is so important whether you're an educator looking for a solution or whether you're a provider uh looking to to help um an institution with your products or your services so <clears throat> i know my time at bet uh being able to to meet people and, and see the person behind the product uh, because a lot of the time I think if we're researching online we're looking for tools to help us with whatever uh, piece of work we're looking to enhance you can see um, the product and and how it works um, but being able to to talk to another human about it and ask your specific questions because uh, no implementation policy uh, or implementation strategy I would say is the same for any two people um, so even if your institutions are virtually exactly the same uh, the way your teams work the way your pupils work uh, will inherently be different um, because that's that's what being human is so yes being able to to talk to another human um, about the specific challenges you're facing or the specific solutions you're offering um, is really important. Brilliant and um we've said bet is such a huge shell it is a big you you get your steps in don't you when you're there <laughs> it's such a good workout <laughs> yeah it is um and i suppose on that note that that means that so there, there are lots of people there there are lots of exhibitors lots of suppliers and the ed tech and education sector is can be quite noisy and quite busy i suppose yeah. how how what's the best way do you think for suppliers and providers to perhaps cut through that noise or to to make it through because it's it's great when it, um, you know they make those connections at the events but a lot of the time the battle is kind of getting in front of the right people isn't it so what would be do you think is the best way for those providers to kind of tell their stories i think i mean if you're if you're um a company that already has has a bit of work behind you and you've already worked with with some clients um some schools for example really showcasing their stories is important um I know that when I talk to teachers and when I work with them to provide resources or to provide articles that support them, uh, they want to hear from peers. So, um, you know, they don't want to hear from necessarily want to hear from, you know, myself, an education journalist, because I'm not a teacher. I'm not there in the classroom. And as much research as you do, it's really difficult to, to put yourself in those shoes. So sharing stories from previous clients in a similar situation to those you'd like to attract is really important um, and being able to to give a voice to the sector you're trying to help um, I think in so many ways um, teachers are or can be silenced a little bit um, you know they don't have a great deal of budget they don't have that necessarily have that buying power maybe um but the work they do is so important and so impactful um that if you can show that you've supported uh, an education institution in the past then i think that 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 really gives a sense of comfort and a sense of safety um for for those uh, institutions looking to to spend that that hard-earned budget um or that that constrained budget um and Earlier on, we were talking about kind of trends and um, themes and topics and challenges and things like that in the sector right now. So we are still only in February, although it's flying around fast. Um, what do you think we'll we'll start to see kind of toward throughout the the rest of 2023? I suppose there's obviously we know that there are lots of challenges, budget restraints, and things like that we that are facing the sector, and it's unfortunately unlikely that those will 
be solved anytime soon but that doesn't mean that progress can't be made can it so what what do you think that we might see education and ed tech wide i suppose over the next year that's such a big question i think yeah i think uh on on a lot of people's minds at the moment are those challenges um especially when it comes to teacher pay and these un unfortunate strike situations um that teachers are finding themselves in um but going forward um aside from aside from that kind of um that kind of challenge i think again i'm going to come back to connection i think um Educators really are looking to do the best they can for the pupils uh, they have. Um, I'm seeing a lot of talk about um, special educational needs and disabilities send students uh, because of, of course, um, other public services like um, social services and health services are stretched also. So being able to use tools, whether that's tech tools or others, um, to differentiate lessons and to be able to support um, a varying range of pupils. I think that personalization is important to educators at the moment. Um, and I think we I'll expect to see more of that going forward. Um, again, it's a tricky one and no two classrooms are the same, but yeah, being able to support different kinds of learners. Um, again, no two learners are exactly the same. So um implementing tools you have at hand to be able to differentiate lessons is really important um so that's that's one um and i think another will be um maybe streamlining so there is um there's a like you said before there's a lot there can be a lot of noise in the in the sector uh loads of products loads of uh, different voices, different needs, different challenges um, and different wins. So I think schools, especially under the budget constraints they're facing, will really look to drill down and, and find which tools um, and which pedagogies um, they would like to focus on to help give their pupils the best education that they could, that they can um, and the education that the children deserve, uh, while also trying to mediate that um that overwhelming workload that we often see teachers have um so i think streamlining processes uh, helping teachers have a better work-life balance um while also maintaining that incredible quality that we can see in uk education um is going to be an ongoing conversation definitely beautifully put charlie i've got to say <laughs> very well answered that was a very big question as you said but <laughs> you tackled that one <laughs> Um, just one final question. So what's next for you? What's next on your agenda? So many things. Um, yeah, I'm currently developing a lot of different kinds of resources. Um, so for primary teachers, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, I, as I said before, I'm always interested in, I'm interested in education, technology, the way we used it, but it all comes back to me, uh, for me, to that social impact. Uh, so social stories, um, social welfare, closing the attainment gap, you know, closing the the pay gap as it goes up through education, um, really being able to let people shine. Um, and I think education plays such an essential role in letting people shine and tapping into, <clears throat> excuse me, tapping into um, that, it sounds so cheesy, but tapping into that magic that everyone's got. Um, everyone's is different and everyone, will apply it to a different area and in a different way um but yeah 
social impact and and being able to use what we've got at hand, um, including tech, to to bring that out. Oh, that's brilliant. Charlie, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much for joining to me. Good luck um, with everything that's happening this year and I look forward to catching up soon. Thank you so much. It was lovely to chat to you. Mm -hmm.